A lot of times in our interviews, we will ask people, what are your thoughts on XYZ? And it's a future you know, technology or a trend or some sort of uh, something that could impact their job. And it's surprising that a lot of younger professionals today are so naturally in touch with what is happening. They have experimented with new technologies. They have read about it. They have an opinion on it. And on the contrary, you have so many people who are you know, very experienced who almost have slight amount of skepticism or arrogance about, oh, it's still a long way away. And, and that is unfortunately going to have a huge impact on a lot of people who potentially may just be unemployable. That was Vikram Ahuja, the MD of ANSR and the CEO and co-founder of Talent 500. Vikram is a seasoned serial entrepreneur who's built and grown businesses across diverse domains. He's also currently involved in ventures exploring the future of work, travel, and the creative arts. Leadercast is a podcast series by ISB Executive Education. This podcast features prominent business executives who are redefining functions and industries and what it means to lead in an era of accelerated change. Hi Vikram, great to have you here on campus. Hi Sujata, thanks for having me. So I'll, we'll actually get started with maybe just uh, one or two lines about each other, just to get to know each other a little bit, and then we'll dive right in, if sure. that's okay. So why don't you just do a one-line introduction? If that's... that's a tough one. So I, 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 I feel like you've come prepared with an introduction, <laughs> no, no, I so I <laughs> feel like you've done this before. Why don't you start, and then I'll, I'll think of my one-line until then. All right. It's, it's, <laughs> that, that's easy. I mean, my name's Sujata. I had executive education and digital learning at the Indian School of Business. Okay, fantastic. Good to meet you. My name is Vikram. I am the co-founder of Answer and Talent 500. We're a technology-based company and uh, yeah, good to, good to be here. Great. All right. So I'll actually start with Talent 500. And uh, you have a front row seat, I think, Vikram, to the kind of workforce that companies are looking for in the future. Right. I mean, the just the composition of the workforce, the expectations of corporates, what it is today is very, very different from even five years ago. So what what are your viewpoints on that? You know, what are those top qualities? And uh, therefore, what are some things that we as ISP should look to incorporate in curriculum? Would be very interested in hearing about that. Sure. So uh, I'll, I'll just maybe take a second to introduce what we do just so I set context to my answer. So what we do at Answer and Talent 500 is help large businesses build innovation and technology focused global centers. And a large part of why businesses today are doing that is because they are all looking for the best talent. And so we live in a very interesting world where this is actually true globalization, where, you know, businesses are being built where talent is and not the other way around as it used to be. In India is today the hub of where this is happening. We're literally at the center of the world building, you know, the next version of their businesses. And, you know, today there's about a million and a half professionals that are employed in India working for global centers. It brings about $40 billion into India's GDP. So it's a big industry and growing very quickly. And there are a few reasons why over the many years, I suppose India sort of emerged as that, you know, focal point for, for building these centers. And I think a large part of it has to do with the talent that we're producing and you know what we're seeing is that there is a need for 
companies today to hire professionals that can fit into a globally diverse environment from day one. So I think when we talk about what is the, the workforce of the future look like, I think it is about, uh, you know, being adaptable to a very dynamic and fast changing environment, being okay with that change, uh, being curious and, you know, upskilling and learning on the go. The skills that professionals today are expected to have is very different than what it used to be even five years ago. Uh, and with AI, it will change even further in, you know, in, in, in the next 12 months. So I think adaptability, flexibility, a lot of focus on, on leadership, on having or finding employees who can be self-starters, right? Almost work in a manner that is independent because we do live in a distributed world today. It's, it's um, teams, you know, in Boston being built and Bangalore at the same time, right? And so how do you sort of work with teams that are distributed thousands of miles and still maintain, you know, a sense of autonomy and independence and, and add value, right? So I think, you know, being able to show that leadership at work is important. And then, of course, you know, at the same time, like I mentioned about upskilling and, and, and always on learning, I think it's just having curiosity to continuously evolve. So all of these factors sort of come together to define what the workforce of the future is going to look like. And, and yeah, that's, that's, I think that's, at least that's what we're seeing today. No, great. I think uh, great thoughts. Um, brings me to my next question, uh, Vikram. You've, uh, you're, a, you're a product of a couple of B-schools yourself. Yeah. What do you wish you had access to then, yeah. you know, that, that students do now? Sure. You know, it's been, next year is going to be 15 years since I graduated from, from business school. And it, it feels, <laughs> like, feels like a long time ago. Um, and I almost feel like we've skipped at least two generations since we graduated. But I think, uh, look, I think it's, it's such an exciting time to be entering the workforce yeah. today, uh, particularly being able to you know, almost reset your previous career trajectory and start afresh, which is what I think business school brings to a lot of professionals. It just gives them the ability to have a fresh start with a new perspective. Back when we were at business school, the only, the, the, the main career options for, for most of us was, you know, get into consulting or yes. banking. I think entrepreneurship was still not as popular as it is today. I think one of the things that I definitely see students have access to today is just uh, opportunity that is not restricted to where they are graduating from or where they will look for a job. Right. I think the world has opened up. You can, you know, like to my previous point today, you can be in Hyderabad and build a business that is serving up, you know, South America, right? There are people doing that yeah. today. So I think just this, this mainstreaming of distributed work and of course the pandemic has helped get a lot of acceptability for this concept that you can be anywhere and build anywhere. Sure. And that I think was a big constraint when we were graduating. It was about where are you going to be based and you have a visa and you know, can you get a job here and can't, you can't get a job there because you can't speak a language and so on. Those constraints have gone away. The other thing that I think is so fascinating today is that you have access to so much more information mm -hmm. and the depth of information that exists today is, is unbelievable. And I'll give you a couple of examples of that. If you are today thinking about starting a business, you can get insights today from the most experienced practitioners in that space on for free on YouTube. You can get master classes, right? So you have this whole creator economy today that allows you to accelerate your learning. If you want work done, you've got access to professionals that you can pay by the hours. You've got the gig economy today that gives you talent on hire, right? Setting up a business today has never been easier. And I think just this convenience ecosystem that's been built never really existed when we were around. And that's why entrepreneurship was a hard path to go down. 
I'll still say it's an extremely hard path to go down, but at least the barriers to enter have become easier. So for me as an entrepreneur, at least now, those are the things that I look back and say, wow, if I had that, I would have been, you know, a lot more ambitious in in doing what I wanted to do out of business school. Uh, but that said, of course, no regrets, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I was going to say, you know, that that just makes what you've achieved and where you are today even more impressive. So, <laughs> Thank you. so great to... No, but thank you for those thoughts and you, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, so the younger generation, not the people in B-School today, but like, you know, my kids. Yeah. I have two teenagers. Right. Uh, they are absolutely clear, clear that they don't want to work for somebody. Yeah. Wow. Really? <laughs> so they said, no, I think, you know, we'll probably do it for, you know, a couple of years just to get a hang of what it means to run a business and so on, but they very clearly think like entrepreneurs right now. So, Amazing. so, so exciting to, I think to your point, I think the kind of access they have yeah. um, and just, you know, this, this ability to say, listen, I can build a global business today from anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the freedom of thought is is just so exciting. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, absolutely right. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. We'll talk a little bit about tech. Yeah. yeah. And sure. uh, but I will again relate it back uh, Vikram to the classroom. Sure. And you spoke a little bit about YouTube, uh, you know, I think in some ways, bite-sized learning and things like that. But yeah, very interested in hearing uh, your views on digital and uh, what digital learning technologies are going to do to... They've already transformed the classroom in some ways, sure. uh, but not as much as they have transformed business. Right. You, you don't see the extent of of change in a classroom yet. Mm -hmm. So how do you see that evolution happening yeah. because of technology? Sure. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that today I think there is almost an over overabundance of information. And, you know, of course, that also means that there is perhaps a tendency to get overwhelmed or get lost in all the information that exists. And so I think there is a couple of trends that we're seeing at least emerging, which are very interesting from an education or learning or even for a business school perspective, right? I think the idea of personalization curation that can happen today through technology is fantastic, right? Today, you have tools, uh, you have AI that will allow you to build very personalized streams of learning that can be almost, you know, personalized to the extent that it caters to everyone's individual learning curves, which is uh, quite phenomenal. Like my kids uh, today, I mean, they're young, but you know, I see them learning at school and they use, they, they use apps, you know, but uh, some of these apps are just so interesting the way, you know, even curriculum is structured yeah. and yeah. they are, you know, four and six. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's a lot of intelligence that's put, put into teaching someone at that age. And I can only imagine how much, you know, uh, the nuances of how much it, it grows to when someone gets uh, into more complicated concepts. So I think this whole idea of, AI and what it will do to education in terms of creating these personalized learning streams, I think will be very interesting. There's another thing that I think is interesting, which I think maybe is still a bit of a controversial or maybe a less proven area. So personally, I, I you know, in 2018 or so built a company or started a company that was doing a lot of work with augmented and virtual reality. Yes, and, yes. And for us, uh, at that time, I was running a travel company. And so the idea was, can you recreate the idea of a travel experience? Not replace travel, but recreate it so that 
you're able to better distribute information about travel that is a little bit more intuitive, right? And today, I think this concept of metaverse has obviously become, you know, everything everywhere and people are talking about it. Apple's going to come out with a device uh, with the Pro Vision, which I think will make it a lot more mainstream. Obviously, Facebook's working on something, et cetera, et cetera. Now, and that could be interesting, right? What does the metaverse do in terms of learning? There is a... Um, uh, so I live in Dubai and we work with the government a lot and the government there has a... Uh, they have a training program for um, young graduates where they put them in different scenarios to teach them about different career paths and so on. And it's all built in virtual reality. So you put the headset on and you are, you know, in a scenario where you are operating as that, you know, whatever that is. Right? Well, Which that's is phenomenal. so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a very different level of perception. Um, I, I, I do. But, but that said, you know, it's still early. I think that technology hasn't been proven Yet it's hard to produce. It's a bit of a fad. So we'll see where it goes. But I think it could be a very interesting uh, technology once it comes about. And then I think the third part of it is, I think peer-to-peer -peer learning as well is another interesting... It's an interesting possibility that exists today because you have opportunities for people to share information and build an audience and, you know, communicate experiences in a manner that probably was not possible before. You can be discovered a lot easier today and you can be appreciated and rewarded for creating content that other people benefit from. So there's a lot of incentive built around doing that, which I think is, I was talking earlier about how you can almost learn anything in five minutes and that's yeah. all peer-to-peer -peer learning, right? And yeah. and I think that's, that's very interesting. Great. All yeah. right. Yeah. Bringing it back to a business school sort of right. context. So we do a lot of programs for working professionals, Vikram. I mean, right. besides the, the MBA students, right? And uh, we always want to get a pulse of how important continuous learning is, mm -hmm. you know, for, for just, you know, people who are in the workforce uh, or entrepreneurs, whatever. It's always, uh, it's, it's continuous learning for us yeah. to understand that sure. uh, because the needs are this changing so rapidly. The profile of learners is changing so lap rapidly that, you know, we, we just want to keep finding ways to stay abreast mm -hmm. of, uh, of the trends, right? So want to hear your thoughts, Vikram, on how important do you think this is, yeah. first of all? And uh, again, what would you look to a business school to provide sure. in terms of continuous learning opportunities? Yeah. No, I think this is such an interesting question because I think, you know, continuous learning, I think, has always been one of those things that you sort of talk about as an activity that you need to engage in um, or take initiative for. But I think today it's not an option. I mean, I think if you mm -hmm. are a professional in any field of work, we live in such a dynamic world today in terms of you know, how things are, the way things were done, you know, a year ago is not the way things will be done tomorrow. And I think those, those changes are being driven by technology. Those things are being driven by, you know, macroeconomic situations that are moving businesses and industries in directions that we didn't think were possible before. And, and I think there is so much going on that if you are not keeping up with what is happening, you are going to be left behind. Right. And so, you sort of take the example of when we started business school, uh, or when I started business school, I think the idea was very much being thrown in the deep end. I come from an engineering background and, you know, thrown in the deep end of concepts that I had no idea about. So it's sink or swim, right? And you naturally will, you know, try and sort of see what you can pick up. And, you know, but a lot of the learning that I had was 
with with my peers who yeah, I was absolutely. with. And I think that's where I got most of my learning from. But fast forward today, I think the diversity of the workforce has changed, right? There are people who come from diverse backgrounds who've moved on to different career paths that you didn't have access to. So I think you have access to learning from those folks a lot more. Uh, but also today, just if you look at something like AI, it's not just a technology uh, you know, product or a technology introduction. Yeah. I think it's impacting every part of our lives, right? And so if you're not going to keep up with it, you're going to lose. And so the idea is how do you learn, right? Who do you learn from and, and, and so on and so forth. So I think today, I think it's extremely critical to be learning on the job and for your job. And I think then again, the role of what business schools and institutions can do is sort of, you know, obviously, firstly, I think, make sure that there is that culture of continuous learning, which I think business schools do today, but also, you know, how do you sort of encourage that uh, in a continuous manner? Like, I mean, going back to, uh, you know, undergrad and how engineering colleges were structured, by the time you came out of engineering college, a lot of the curriculum you studied was already outdated. Outdated, right? I know, yeah. Can't afford that today, right? I mean, these are these are some of the smartest people graduating out of the, out of school in the country and they have to be ready for the workforce in terms of what you need. And... And I think that's what is is going to, I think, drive just this uh, expectation from employers that you know what's happening in your field and, and, and you don't need me to tell you that please go and upskill yourself. You need that needs to just be a natural part of, of your revolution. I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, today we're, we're hiring across so many roles and a lot of times in our interviews, we will ask people, what are your thoughts on XYZ? And it's a future you know, technology or a trend or some sort of um, something that could impact their job. Mm -hmm. And it's surprising that a lot of younger professionals today are so naturally in touch with what is happening. They have, they have experimented with new technologies. Right. They have read about it. They have an opinion on it. And on the contrary, you have so many people who are you know, very experienced who almost have a you know, slight amount of skepticism or arrogance about, oh, it's still a long way away. Yeah. And, and that is unfortunately going to have a huge impact on a lot of people who potentially may just be unemployable, yeah. right? And so I think, and, and I think again, going back to continuous learning and, and that culture, I think a lot of the younger people just naturally have it, which is great because they're exposed to so much information around them. But and that, that's where I think, you know, for institutions to sort of continue to drive that would be. Great. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. We can't leave off without talking about your entrepreneurial experience. I mean, and you've you've started up four companies, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. are there more? Uh, but yeah, just again, very interested in. Um, how that came about, what have your learnings been, how do you feel about what you've built? Today? Yeah. No, so I've, I always, um, I think I've been very fortunate just in terms of, like, I think it's right place, right time. Sometimes you have, you know, everyone can have ideas, but it's about actually building on it that, you know, creates, I suppose, success or creates some sort of outcome. And I've just been fortunate that some of the ideas that we worked on ended up being you know, the right ideas at that right time. And they've all been quite diverse. But for me personally, it's always been at the intersection of technology, community, and, you know, some sort of upcoming trend. And we've sort of caught the wave and, you know, been lucky to catch it at the right time. So, for example, we started working a lot on building out this tech platform to enable global teams just before the pandemic. And we had no <laughs> idea that that would happen. And at the time, I was also running a travel company. And so it's it's crazy that 
the pandemic started and travel just went to zero and we'd already started working on something which was now what everybody needed. And that's what I mean. It's, it's so much of it is luck. But I think, um, you know, uh, apart from that, I think for me, building a business has always just been about the curiosity of learning something about a particular area that I don't know and sort of diving deep. And then at the end of it, it's like, okay, well, now let's, you know, figure out how to build a business around it. So it's always chasing some sort of passion or some sort of personal idea. Like, for example, I ran a travel company for a long time. And part of why I did that is me and my wife wanted to find a way that we could travel for free without you know, <laughs> spending money. And turns out no one's going to let you travel for free unless it's your own business. So we started a travel company and, and uh, you know, six years later, we never got to travel for free. My whole team <laughs> did. We never did. So those are some of the downsides that you learn. But um, as part of the team that started one of the first e-commerce companies in the Middle East back in when there was no e-commerce and that was a fantastic experience. We ran a startup accelerator when startup accelerators were just about starting in India. And we did a lot of work with helping corporates tap into startups and connecting the startups and grown-ups, so as to speak. And, you know, we were lucky to have that get acquired by Techstars, which is a global startup network. And so I think a lot of just building a business, I think for me personally, has just been chasing, you know, an idea that I find personally interesting and sort of going down that rabbit hole. And then, you know, a few years later realizing that, okay, now we've got a business out of it and we need to keep it going. And then of course, you know, how do you grow it and how do you continue to grow it and so on and so it's, Thank you, Vikram, for your thoughts. They were perfect and look forward to interacting with you many more times in the future. Thanks, Sujata.